Welcome to Recovering My Inner Child. My name is Kawan Saluja. Our first reading comes from ACA Strengthening My Recovery, and the topic is sexual abuse. If you were touched, fondled, forced to perform sex acts, asked to perform sex acts, or watched sex acts as a child, it was not your fault, no matter what the circumstance or no matter what was said by the adult or teen abusing you. Many of us came from sexually charged homes. We became part of our parents' sex life if they had sex in front of us. We may have been forced to listen to them talk about sex at the dinner table like it was no big deal. We might have made, been made a part of their extramarital affairs when they fought about it in front of us and talked about it behind each other's backs. Yeah, and it was just actually in our family, it was exactly, you know, I suspect in a lot of Asian cultures, it's not talked about at all. And the implicit assumption is it's bad, but you're somehow supposed to get married. Anyways, back to the reading. We may have felt responsible for all of this. Our youth and sexuality was, were stolen from us because we couldn't protect ourselves. Their words became ingrained in us before we knew we were hurt. We may have acted out with other children to try and make sense of what we have had heard, felt, and been exposed to. But then shame set in. Even so, it was hard to stop ourselves from sometimes being excited by the attention. We knew intuitively that this was a way we could get love, even though it felt bad. Through ACA, we learned that no matter what happened to us, we know today that we are not alone and that we aren't to blame. On this day, I will acknowledge my intense feelings that are tied up with any sexual abuse I experienced. I will stop myself from taking responsibility for what was done to me. Yeah, and for what was done to me was, you know, I think a part of the emotional incest and this, like, just no knowledge of it. And it's just, you know, I've been coming across more and more literature about grieving versus getting angry. Um, I really need to start incorporating uh, complex PTSD by Pete, Pete Walker. That has been a very interesting, that and some of Mia Melody stuff on uh, codependency and love addiction, um, I would highly recommend. The next reading also is from ACA Strengthening My Recovery and the topic is prayer. Keep it simple, but create a prayer that is specific to you and your relationship with the divine higher power or God. Just be like, help me integrate and put my inner child, you know, first. Back to the reading. Due to the trauma of childhood, or God, uh, due to the trauma of childhood, we have had many unanswered questions. Who can I trust? How should I live my life? Will anyone or anything ever help me? It has almost been impossible for many of us to rely on something outside of ourselves to help us find our truth until we get to ACA. Working with the steps helps us reconnect with a higher power of our own choosing, and prayers or affirmations can help us focus. There are many meaningful prayers in ACA, the serenity prayer that starts and ends most of our meetings, and the prayers at the end of many of the steps in the Big Red Book. Creating a personal prayer can also be a way to confirm that we are part of the power that helps guide us and gives us the strength we need. Yeah, and I think that is interesting. To create a personal prayer, I think so much of my life was like, how do you do it right? You know, and 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 to to always constantly be thinking about validation um, and make sure I'm on the right track. Just because mistakes were so discouraged and so devastating, it's supposed to be the worst thing in the world. Whereas the greatest learners of our era and the most experienced people are the ones who have made the most mistakes. You know, and I can kind of beat myself up in some programs about, you know wanting validation, but that is a core part of trauma. Like that's exactly what it is. And I think this is probably the most important, um, well, not the most, I mean, a little exaggerated, but I think it's very important for me personally to develop a personal prayer 
and, and realize that I can have a personal relationship with a higher power, you know? So just God, well, I'll just keep it to myself, but I'll make sure I'll do it after uh, this recording. <laughs> Anyways, working the steps. Um, sorry, uh, he, how should, will anyone or anything ever help me? It has been impossible for many of us to rely on something outside of ourselves to help us find our truth until we get to ACA. Working the steps helps us reconnect with a higher power of our own choosing. And prayers or affirmations can help us focus. There are many meaningful prayers in ACA. The serenity prayer that starts and ends most of our meetings and prayers at the end of many of the steps in the Big Red Book. Creating a personal prayer can also be a way to confirm that we are part of the power that helps guide us and gives us the strength we need. Yeah, like a two-way dialogue, a co-creator. And I think that's why creativity and nature for me is so vital because that's where I connect to a higher power and know that there is one who's available for me. Our voices are finally heard when we speak our own truth. Our personal prayer can be as simple as, higher power, please guide me today. If I get scared, help me know that I'm not alone. That's good. We can ask for the strength to work the 12 steps, for understanding of what it means to be our own loving parent, and for help to learn how to heal our inner child. We remind ourselves we are not alone when we reach out to someone or something but beyond ourselves. On this day, I know I'm not alone, that my higher power is ready to help when I'm ready to ask. That is good. On this day, I know I'm not alone, that my higher power is ready to help when I'm ready to ask. Now we move on to Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go, and the topic is spontaneity. In recovery, we're learning to let ourselves go. We're learning to be spontaneous. Spontaneous. Spontaneity may frighten some of us. We may be afraid of the loss of control involved with spontaneity. You know, and I was thinking about this. As a kid, I would just play and play and play, you know, until somebody came to tell me to go home. And, you know, I think the other thing about complex PTSD says the inner critic is a deputy of the parents. So really have to talk back to that person who wants control because that's not me. That's the inner critic. Back to the reading. Spontaneity, wow, having trouble even pronouncing that word, That's that says a lot, may frighten some of us. We may be afraid of the loss of control involved with spontaneity. We may still be operating under the codependent rules that prohibit spontaneity. Be good, be right, be perfect, be strong, don't have fun, and always be in control. We may as associate spontaneity with acting out in an addictive, compulsive, self-destructive, or irresponsible manner. That's not what we're talking about in recovery. Positive spontaneity involves freely expressing who we are in a way that is fun, healthy, doesn't hurt us, and doesn't infringe on the rights of others, and also spontaneity and creativity. We learn to be spont spontaneous and free as we grow in self-awareness and self-esteem. Spontaneity emerges as our confidence and trust in ourselves increase, and we become more secure in our ability to maintain healthy boundaries. Being spontaneous is connected to our ability to play and achieve intimacy. For all those desirable acts, we need to be able to let go of our need to control others and ourselves and fully and freely enter into the present moment. Let go of your tight rein on yourself. So what if you make a mistake? So what if you're wrong? Yeah, even if it's a big thing, it's not a big deal. Relish your imperfections. Let yourself be a little needy, a little vulnerable. Take a risk. We can be spontaneous without hurting ourselves or others. In fact, everyone will benefit by our spontaneity. 
today I will throw out the rule book and enjoy being who I am. I will have some fun with the gift of life, others, and myself. And the final reading also comes from Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go, and the topic is apologies. Sometimes we act in a manner with which we are less than comfortable. That's human. That's why we have the words, I'm sorry. They heal and bridge the gap. But we don't have to say I'm sorry if we didn't do anything wrong. A sense of shame can keep us apologizing for everything we do, every word we say, for being alive and being who we are. We don't have to apologize for taking care of ourselves, dealing with feelings, seeking boundaries, having fun, or getting healthy. We never have to change our course if it is in our best interest. But sometimes a general apology acknowledges others' feelings and can be useful when the issues of a circumstance or relationship are not clear. We might say, I'm sorry for the fuss we had. I'm sorry if what I needed to do to take care of myself hurt you. It was not intended that way. Once we make an apology, we don't have to keep repeating it. If someone wants to keep on extricating an apology from us for the same incident, that is the person's issue, and we don't have to get hooked. We can learn to take our apologies seriously and not hand them out when they're not valid. When we feel good about ourselves, we know when it's time to say we're sorry and when it's not. Today, I will try to be clear and healthy in my apologies, taking responsibility for my actions and nobody else's. God, help me figure out what I need to apologize for and what is not my responsibility. And, you know, I'm committing to make a prayer or at least go with that prayer that I read. And that concludes today's episode of Recovering My Inner Child. Until next time, this is Kowan Saluja reminding myself to pause because that's where God is, to feel my feelings and to love myself.